Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. We're back with another episode of Bruce Strong. Ah, uh, it's been quite the uh, quite the adventure, hasn't it? It really has. It's been a fast month. Just flew by. Well, yeah, we we had the uh, NHC. Had my road trip with uh, Peter. Um, all sorts of other things. We started selling Heretic beer. That's been a uh, ball buster i bet hey i'm wearing my heretic shirt right now sweet yeah, yeah i'm drinking a uh, evil twin what do you know uh-huh. but uh no it's just it's just been a crazy month i had a great time at nhc i don't know about you but uh oh yeah you know, we always have a great time yeah all, all that's the people true. um yeah it's just uh just exhausting just exhausting well, and uh, we got we got uh, other events coming up. Um, what, do you, what, what do you have uh, coming up soon here, John? Do you got anything um, in the immediate future? Or? Not in the immediate. The, my first thing coming up will be the uh, Brewing with Blickman in August at Kevin Drake's house. Right. So we're going to do that uh, August, what, 15th, 16th, something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Maybe around the 20th. I forget. Yeah, yeah I can't remember the date. <laughs> When Blickman shows up at my door, I know it's time to, to go do that. So we're going to go up to uh, Tahoe. We're going to brew with uh, Kevin, the winner of the uh, brew with uh, the two Johns and a Jamel uh, thing. And then uh, we're going to pro- come down here, maybe swing by Heretic and give Kevin a little tour. And then uh, uh, we're going to come into the studio and uh, two Johns, Jamel and a Kevin will be uh, yeah. here for, for Brew Strong. I'm wondering, should we make the Menage a Brew a, an annual event? Menage a Brew. <laughs> um, uh, sure. Yeah, if Blickman's up for it. He's the one who's yeah, got to pay true. for the uh, flights and everything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, next I'd time we'll go to it. John's house. That'd, that'd be fun. Maybe, maybe we do something where, like, anybody who buys uh, a Blickman uh, top tier during, uh, you know, uh, during the year or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to talk to Blickman about it, but. Yeah. All right. We can come up with another event. Too. Yeah. Well, and did you see their uh, uh, the new uh, Tower of Power system oh, at yeah. the NHC? Isn't that sweet. Yeah. Now that that's that's pretty awesome. I I loved uh, I loved the thing I loved about it most was the uh, the burner, the auto start burner. So right. they had that uh, that modern technology that's in my same same thing that's in my stovetop that you know if it senses that the uh, the flame has gone out and it restarts it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, I, I got to tell you, I brewed with that system. I, I kind of, I had a prototype unit, uh-huh. and uh, I brewed with it for the stout that I brought to NHC. 
and I I did an extra long mash just because I could, you know, so I had fun starting out at like 140, ramping up to 145, holding it for 20 mm-hmm. minutes, then ramping up to 152, 157. Uh, doing step mashing because you can. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I just said, Push what the hell, I'll mash out, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had both I had both the mash ton uh, burner going and the HLT burner going. Mm-hmm. And those things cycled on and off like nobody's business. I mean, I just I was just standing there and pushing the buttons from time to time to ramp up to another temperature. It mm-hmm. was really slick. All right, very cool. I think it's I think it's a great device. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for that. I think it's it's really great. And then, you know, and that's uh, that's what uh, Blickman Engineering does. They're they're you know always looking for quality. And always yep. uh, cutting edge, and that's why they're sponsors of this fine program, right? That's right. <laughs> Geeks like us. Yeah, so they've made one mistake. That was sponsoring Bruce Strong. But other than that, they're great. They're awesome. They, uh, they're they always uh, coming up with new new and interesting ways to make your, your brew day uh, more fun, more precise, uh, you know, better beer. So uh, better beer through technology—that should be their that uh, should yeah. be their slogan, right? Or right. better brewing through technology. Put it that way, because uh, you know better beer is uh, predicated on a lot of things that uh, you know Blickman can't control for you, right? Like uh, aeration, our subject uh, for today, right? Yep, that's what we're going to talk about today. Right. So, uh, and you know, for uh, like a lot of our topics, you know, people. They think, oh yeah, I already, I already know that. That's you know, that's really simple, right? Aeration, you just you need to aerate your your word, right? Or, oh, I already got it down. I I have one of those uh, whirly gigs that adds air to my beer, or you know, what whatever, and that's got to be good enough. My beer turns out fine. So, why don't we back up a little bit and um, why don't we start like we usually do? John, can you define for me? What is aeration, and why is it important to what we do as brewers? Yeah, I can. Uh, hopefully, you can hear me quite well. Um, the oxygen supplies um, an essential part of the yeast cell's uh, reproduction in that uh, when you first uh, aerate the wort, you pitch your yeast into the wort, it has a lot of nutrients the yeast are ready to reproduce. They're ready to get, you know, ready in procreation and creating more yeast cells to start the fermentation. And what they do is they use the the oxygen in the wort that you've put dissolved in to uh, synthesize uh, sterols. And sterols are a basic building block of life of of your cells. Um, and they they yeast cells use these sterols. Um, to strengthen their cell walls, um, maintain the fluidity and permeability of the cell walls that allows the yeast to actually reproduce. Uh-huh. As soon as they run out of sterols, um, then they no longer can bud. They can no longer divide and create more yeast. So um, yeast uh, oxygen is a limiting factor in yeast cell reproduction. Uh-huh. So the the uh, the oxygen they use to make these sterols, the sterols make the the cell wall more uh, fluid and 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 also controls the in and out of a lot of uh, materials going in and out of the cell, the permeability, 
and it allows them to bud off a, a new cell. It's like you know the building blocks of the cell membrane, right? And um, when they run out, and in the, the they can bud, but you know they're very limited because uh, you know it's like trying to stretch yourself into another person. Uh, if you can't build more skin. Uh, you can't build that other person, or you, 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 and that other person end up with really thin skin, and uh, you know you end up with your blood leaking out all over the place. <laughs> so, That's or, right. Uh, you know you're not protected against things like uh, poison ivy and uh, ticks and things like that, right? That's right. All right. Well, that's a, that's a so clearly it's, it's really important to us as brewers because we want the yeast to reproduce and and healthy cell walls to t- determine a lot of uh, you know what goes in and out of the cells and you know the leakage of materials out of the cells during fermentation de- determines a lot of the flavor compounds that you get in your beer. So clearly a, a, a critical thing to to look at. Why don't we do this? Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll dive into you know the whole technology of getting that oxygen into your beer or into your wort so the yeast can use it to make a great beer. Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside 
dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Summertime has arrived, home brewers, and the fine folks at More Beer are thirsty. With the arrival of summer's heat, More Beer's got you covered with great deals on temperature control and some fantastic lawnmower beer kits. Ranko and Johnson temperature controllers, thermowells, and thermometers, as well as light and refreshing beer kits you're going to love this hot summer. Stay on top of your home brew's temperature and keep your kegs topped up, too. Summertime time beer and gears from your friends at more beer and morebeer.com back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer this is brew strong We're back. We're talking aeration. And as in oxygen, right? <laughs> as, in, as in oxygen. Well, uh, all right. So, uh, you know, probably most uh, home brewers that, uh, you know, home brewers that listen to the Marine Network, obviously, and, uh, you know, the new, new crop of home brewers that are coming up that seem to amazingly, within like six months of starting brewing, are winning best of show and things like this. Um, they, you know, they, I think they understand that oxygen is an important part of, of beer. And a lot of them, uh, you know, they'll all start out with, um, and, and the way I started out, you know, shaking the, the carboy or shaking the plastic bucket. Or there's those, you know, device, venturi devices that splash the word and pull in a bunch of air uh, when they're, when they're, when you run the the wort through them, or they'll run them through strainers, you know, kitchen strainers, or they'll get the paint stirrer and and vortex the the daylights out of it. Um, you know, so air has what about twenty percent oxygen to it? 
Yes, that's right. And so, you know, you're mainly just running a, you know, you're, you know, 20% of, uh, you know, what you're really trying to get in there. So you would have to do five times as much to get that much oxygen in there. Is that is that how it works? Or, uh, well, you know. Well, you're limited by the law of partial pressure. So the, in other words, the percentage of oxygen that you can get into the wort in terms of, uh, uh, it will match the percentage of uh, oxygen that's in the air. Uh-huh. And the solubility of oxygen in wort is around eight parts per million. Mm-hmm. So if you shake you know, very vigorously or spray the wort as it uh, enters the fermenter, you know, from your, uh, from your, your chiller or your pump or however you're getting it in the fermenter, um, you know, and injecting air that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best you'll do is about eight eight parts per million. Mm-hmm. Well, and how much oxygen do we want in our beer in general? Uh, you know, let's say for the average ale, what kind of oxygen are we looking for? Well, fortunately, I mean, you know, uh, beer yeast evolved to prevailing conditions. So mm-hmm. eight ppm, it will work for most, you know, ale yeast strains mm-hmm. um, and, and light, uh, not light beers, but I mean, you know, more typical beers, and you know, somewhere from thirty up to up to maybe fifty uh, OG will mm-hmm. will can get by on an eight ppm uh, uh, oxygen level. Right. When you want to go to uh, heavier from um, heavier gravities, so um, the the typical homebrew beers or yeah. craft beer brew beers, you're gonna need you're gonna need more for for those kind of fermentations. Yeah, you're gonna probably gonna want somewhere around ten, maybe twelve parts per million for higher gravity beers like ten sixty or lager fermentations. You know, different yeast strains require different levels of yeast, um, and uh, different I'm levels not of oxygen. Lagers in particular, mm-hmm. but you know, different um, different particular yeast strains. Mm-hmm. You know, some like more, and some can get by with less. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so you you get on the get on your yeast manufacturer's website and look at look at their recommendations for dissolved oxygen levels. Mm-hmm. Think about the, the strength of the beer you're brewing, mm-hmm. and you know if you're gonna you know if you're brewing a beer that likes you know eight to ten ppm, but you're gonna brew something that's ten sixty or ten seventy, then mm-hmm. plan on you that you need uh, uh, more yeast. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have more yeast available, you may need to put in more oxygen to encourage more growth mm-hmm. to get the to get the level of yeast in the in the mm-hmm. uh, fermentation that you need to for that fermentation to complete well. So oxygen level is also related to your pitching rate, correct? Yeah. So you right. you're adding more yeast. It's like you know feeding a population of of uh, you know small children you know they all need a juice box and uh, you know apple slices <laughs> and if yeah. you, you it's like more the cheerios <laughs> you scatter on the floor <laughs> jp loves my my little uh, analogies here uh, uh, you, you know you end up needing to uh, you know you add more 30 more kids you you need to add 30 more juice boxes and 30 more apple slices that's right <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, you're saying it's possible with these devices to get up to eight ppm, um, but uh, you know the the thing that concerns me, the air is full of dust, and yeah. dust is full of bacteria and wild yeast. So if we are just 
you know, through a Venturi device or through a paint strainer or whatever it is, introducing outside air and pulling it in rapidly into our into our wort, are we not introducing a lot of bacteria and wild yeast? You are, yeah. So a, a paint stirrer in an open bucket is uh-huh. well, it may seem like a very effective way to aerate the wort, and it is, but it's got several downsides. Uh, one is that you're drawing in, you know, potentially a lot of dust and bacteria uh-huh. and wild yeast that can end up, you know, spoiling the beer. Uh-huh. Um, and by spoilage, you know, we mean uh, you may get a a gusher type infection, you know, wild yeast that you know eats up every all the flavor in the beer. It could be some lactobacillus. It could be some pediococcus, which give you a sour beer. You know, um, basically unexpected results or un, un, unwanted results. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing with a paint stir is that, you know, uh, head formation uh, relies on proteins. And while it's not, I don't, I don't think it's ever been conclusively proven, or at least the mechanism uh, for the theory hasn't been proven, but... Basically, we're working off the the theory of foam only once uh, proteins, where mm-hmm. as soon as you make a bubble, the re- the proteins responsible that for for that bubble are, are denatured, mm-hmm. and so if you whip the crap out of it before fermentation, you're not going to have as much head retention in that beer after fermentation. Well, I think uh, didn't Bamforth uh, do some uh, work on that? I yes, that's true. I'm trying to. Th- I can't think of the uh the title of the papers or mm-hmm. uh the specific conclusions but i believe he has worked extensively on that well and and, and that's thing we did a show on uh, head retention i remember we we're talking about how you know those those uh, proteins you know they've used in forming that bubble and then you know essentially that that uses them up and there's, there's a you know specific range of uh, protein sizes that that are used for that and there's that's you know depending on the wort or depending on the beer there's lots of those proteins and they you know can form quite a quite a while but if you stir it for long enough in theory, yeah. you could you could use all that up, and some people, in order to get enough oxygen in there, they're they're using those paint stirrers for you know an hour. I've I, I talked to people and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I stirred it for an hour and a foam for any foam all over the place. I'm like, well, yeah, that's probably not good for the beer, yeah, because you know, if yeah. you're you know you're only going to get so much oxygen in there. And I think um, uh, it was Y East, uh, Greg Doss, you told me that they did some studies where if you have enough headspace in the front, let's say you use a bucket. And uh, you shake that bucket, rock it back and forth uh, for long enough without causing a lot of foaming. Uh, it will actually, um, you know, get up to eight ppm if you that's do right. it. Long It'll reach yet. equilibrium, right? And it's just, you know, it's that surface area in the top of a bucket. The the wort surface area is actually huge. Um, you know, people talk about bubbling the stones, and you know, somebody sent me an email going, "No, no, no!" You know, the the contact area on the little bubbles is you know huge, and you know that's where all the oxygen is coming from. And I'm like, well, I remember, you know, I used to be heavy into aquariums and growing plants and things in aquariums, and um, I saw some studies about. How the uh, the stones and all that that people put in their aquariums that you know bubble up and people think it's providing oxygen for their fish or whatever, it's actually not. It it, it exchanges the surface area for the bottom the bottom water that's you know tends to be depleted of oxygen. It goes to the surface and picks up more oxygen on the huge surface that is the the top of the aquarium. Um, 
and that's why that works to uh, help uh, you know exchange oxygen. And it's the same thing in in brewing. You know, when you get into something like an oxygen stone, you, you fill that headspace of the fermenter with oxygen, pure oxygen, and right. then you have this large surface area on the on the beer, and then that will do it. You can you could actually just put the oxygen in the top and slosh it back and forth by rocking it, and get probably the same as using a stone. But uh, you know, I th- I thought that that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. So you know, shaking. You know, I, I think. But the the you know it gets back to that issue of having this unclean air in with your beer. Uh, now there is a way to use air and um, have it be sterile, right? Right. You use uh, medical air filters mm-hmm. um, and uh, put those in line with an aquarium air pump. And that way you can introduce sterile air into your fermenter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with an air stone. Okay, so uh, uh, a fairly strong aquarium air pump, uh, uh, a filter in line. Uh, some of our sponsors sell these these filters. They're, they're relatively inexpensive. They go in the tubing. And then now you're, you don't have to worry about uh, drawing in dust with bacteria and, and uh, the wild yeast. And you blow it through a stone or, or what have you, even through a piece of tubing. And uh, then you can, you can get up to uh, eight parts per million with, without uh, the worry of uh, uh, you know, contamination or uh, really destroying head uh, forming proteins right. or all that stuff. Right. And the, the other, one other aspect to aeration is not only the concentration of oxygen in the wort, Mm-hmm. but also the amount of time that that concentration exists in the wort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you do, uh, you know, aeration with an oxygen tank and an, and an air stone, you, like you say, you know, the way you're getting that oxygen in is you're using a very fine air stone to create lots of small bubbles which dissolve e- more easily, mm-hmm. but you're also filling the headspace of the carboy or the fermenter with pure oxygen, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to air oxygen, that higher concentration provides oxygen for a longer period of time mm-hmm. and allows, you know, um, more exchange of the surface area to that oxygen. And gets, In other words, you sustain that 8 ppm or 12 ppm oxygen level for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so headspace trick- is, is quite important to... Uh, the oxygen levels. Uh, so your fermenter design has has a, a play in it. If you are fermenting, going to ferment in a uh, uh, corny keg with a small surface area, then that's going to change the the amount of oxygen that's going to be in there versus uh, using a, a plastic bucket, much wider diameter, or a carboy. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I <clears throat> I typically ferment in carboys. And uh, what I'll do, because I know that I am not, if, I, if I'm just using an aquarium air pump and an air stone, I'll let that uh, air pump go longer, um, you know, for 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And even though I probably quickly reach a saturation point at 8 ppm, um, I'm allowing that, uh, that, that level to be sustained for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and 
you know, give the give the yeast that are there more time to absorb that oxygen mm-hmm. um, before the levels fall off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that's and this is something we'll talk about later. I'm sure, Jamil, but. You know, everybody will have their own technique, and the important thing is consistency of technique. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you do and do it consistently and then tweak from there. Right. Well, that's one of the things I've always said is, you know, it, it, it's not important how much oxygen you actually have in the beer. It's, you know, what kind of results are you getting? People want to know, well, how much oxygen do I have? It's like, well, you know, you can go ahead and buy yourself a oxygen meter and you can test it. But is that really important? You know, use you know good methods for adding oxygen, and then you know try that method on that beer and see how that turns out. And then you know you can also try increasing the amount of time, you know, by fifty percent, and that should increase the amount of oxygen. And then you know see if that works better for you, or decrease it by fifty percent and see if that works better for you. And if it does, then you know that's your your answer. Doesn't matter what the amount was; it's just does it work better with less oxygen or more oxygen? That's all right. you really need to know. All right, let's let's take a short break, and when we come back, let's get into you know oxygen itself. You know, uh, using uh, a, a welding or medical tank or or whatever to uh, uh, get oxygen in your beer. Back after this. <laughs> BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. Pintley is your personal beer connoisseur. And you don't even have to leave a tip. Pintly.com learns your taste in beer. Create a free account today and start by rating a few beers. In just a couple of clicks, Pintly will get to know you and your personal preferences. You won't believe how accurate Pintly's amazing algorithm can be as it learns what pleases your palate most. Personal beer recommendations, tasting notes, and now their new app for your Android or iPhone smartphone. Pintly also gives away incredible prizes each month. Prizes like free craft beer for a year. Visit Pintly.com right now to see how it works or to create your own free account. Pintly, a new kind of beer website that only recommends beer you're sure to love. Pintly.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids, come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. Well, you know, I, I ran into uh, a friend of ours from uh, Beer by Bart, and she said, "I, you know, I love everything you guys do, except for uh, except for that testicles technical thing." <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't really control that. Uh, she's like, "Well, I complained to Justin, but." Uh, you know, that's just gonna do. He's like, eh. You know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, this show is for all our brood brothers and sisters. You know, that's right. Uh, you know, so, uh, I hope we don't offend the wine guys. But you know, yeah. How well the hell are the wine guys? <laughs> Winers. Um, no, but uh, you know, women, women are some of the finest brewers I've I know are in the in the women uh, women division. Of the uh, right. the BN Army, so yeah, don't uh, don't let that stuff uh, throw you. We uh, we love everybody, whatever your your gender or uh, orientation doesn't matter to us. Uh, you know, as long as you're into ales, lagers, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're good. Either way, as long as you're not oriented towards wine, I think uh, I think we're cool. I think uh, you know, but mead's all right. It's yeah. all it's all yeah. It's all it's all about the beer. It's all about the craft. Uh, you know, let's. Let's all find love on that level, and uh, not uh, not battle each other on on all the other subjects. I think uh, you know, live and let brew. That's my motto. Yeah, <laughs> I'm busting up JP tonight. He's enjoying my 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 stuff. I don't know what's going on with you, man. You're on you're on fire right now. I'm on fire. Yeah, I'm hot. Live and let brew. Don't tell your mother. All those good mottos, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back to the the subject at hand, which is aeration. 
All right. So before the break, we we're talking about uh, you know aeration using air, and again, you're limited to you know eight eight or so ppm. Um, the solution is what using pure oxygen, right? Right. So or, why does it, or leaving that air on longer? But, well, again, there's there's, like usually a, that there's a, a limit to air, brewers, right? Yeah, but a lot of brewers don't have the time to leave the air on longer. Right, but even that, still, with more. with just straight air, what's your maximum? You're not you're not going to get yeah. past you know 10 ppm, right? No, you're not. It's just that you're go- all you'll do by leaving the air stone, the air pump, and air stone going for say an hour is that you'll sustain that level of oxygen for more time to give more yeast. So the yeast have more time to absorb oxygen. I see. All right. So assuming you've already pitched your yeast, because I've always oxygenated first, then pitched my yeast. Now you're saying pitch your yeast first? Yeah. To add the air, pump the air, let those suckers chew down on the oxygen in the air for as long as as needed, and that Mm -hmm. kind of um, suffices yeah. Well, in fact, let me tell you what I typically do. Okay. And then it'll shed some light on my, what I'm thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm transferring to the carboy, I'm uh, pumping through a, ther- a therminator and, uh, you know, a cold plate uh, heat exchanger. And then um, on the end of the hose going in the carboy, I've got one of those little um, spray fittings you know they're like 15 cents from more beer or other places it's just a little uh it's like a little pan that the word the word spills onto Mm -hmm. and then spreads out as it enters the carboy Mm -hmm. and that exposes you know creates a lot of surface area in the word exposing it to the air that's in the carboy um and that you know kind of pre-aerates it i put a um i put a new plastic baggie over the top of the carboy to prevent, you know, airborne dust from falling in, um, just so it's kind of a loose cover. And uh, and then I pitch my yeast, and then I'll uh, hook up an aquarium air pump with the air stone and let that go for half an hour, say. And that's that's how I get, you know, good fermentations um, at, you know, higher than typical gravities. Okay, okay. So I took some notes during that uh Let's see here. I got spray, expose, spread, and hookup. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've got I've got got the details there. All right. I just want to make sure I, I, I took appropriate notes. Yes. Yeah. I think you. I think you've got it. I captured that. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. In the uh, in a nutshell there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now. Now. What about oxygen? I. Okay. Uh, so oxygen, you can. You know, you say what the advantage of pure oxygen is that you can create a higher concentration of mm-hmm. the oxygen in the word than you can by when by using air alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um if you're you know so if you just take it from the basis that um your aeration scheme has result typically resulted in something like 8 ppm you know currently uh-huh. and then you switch to oxygen um you have the potential to get uh 12 to 16 ppm depending on how long you uh, expose the wort to that pure oxygen and uh, you know depending on depending on the, your the beer you're the uh, you know the beer you're brewing and the yeast you're pitching you may have uh, as good or or better fermentation with uh, that oxygen um, method that you then you do with an aeration method 
Mm-hmm. But um, it's because we don't know the exact numbers we're putting in, it's a little bit of a trial and error to find that sweet spot. Well, you know, can't we recommend a starting spot for brewers? Um, you know, yes, let's say on, I a, on a typical if you turn beer. to a, uh, a highly valued textbook called Yeast: <laughs> The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation. Nice plug there, Palmer. <laughs> I try. Um, there, there are some good baseline numbers to work from. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, what does it suggest? Uh, a liter a minute for. Uh, well, it says that, um, yes, so 30 seconds of pure O2 at a, at a rate of one liter per minute, mm-hmm. um, you will achieve five ppm of, uh, of oxygen in a 18 Plato wort, what's that, uh, 70? 74, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, in a, you know, in a fairly substantial word, mm-hmm. at 75 degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. 24C. Mm-hmm. So that's 30 seconds pure O2. 60 seconds of pure O2 at that same rate, same conditions, will result in 9 ppm. Which is just about right. Yeah, which is just about right. And then 120 seconds or two minutes would result in 14 ppm. Mm-hmm. And there are some yeast strains that will want that much. Um, or if you're brewing, you know, if you're brewing 10 gallons instead of 5 gallons, you may need to leave it on for, mm-hmm. you know, two minutes as opposed right. to one minute to generate that same concentration in that larger it's volume. It's linear to volume. Yeah. Okay. So the recommendation, to, I got two things for you. The recommendation for uh, the home brewer would be if you're using oxygen, using a centered stone, uh, you know, run at a liter per minute for a minute uh, in 20 liters of beer or wort, and that should get you pretty close to where the ideal is. If you're right. doing a higher gravity beer, you're pitching more yeast for some reason, then you're going to want – and really, it's not necessarily the gravity of the beer that controls how much you're pitching, how much oxygen you need, but how much yeast you're pitching. And, um, you know, if you want more growth or less growth uh, because of the flavor consequences of more growth or less growth. So my my second question to you, John, is, um, is it possible to add too much oxygen? Couldn't we just leave the oxygen running, you know, continuously throughout fermentation if, if the yeast need oxygen? Yes, it is possible to have too much oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um the the flavor compounds in the beer are a result of you know the 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 yeast activity and so um, the oxygen is a is a vital component to how active those yeasts are going to be so is temperature of course um, but by over oxygenating um, they go into an orgy of reproduction they have you know more nutrients than they know what to do with um, the they they don't do not produce excess sterols. What they will do though is they will enter um, a you know more aerobic type of fermentation. Um, they'll produce more byproducts. Um, you know, fusel alcohols will increase. Esters may increase. Um, acetaldehyde will increase, and you'll end up with you know a lot of off flavors in the beer with too much oxygen. 
mm-hmm. the same thing's going to happen from under aerating mm-hmm. um, because now the yeast are kind of starving for sterols. They've got you know too much sugar and not enough yeast to do the job. Um, they get stressed, and again, you end up with high esters, perhaps high fusels, um, high, acet- high acet- acetaldehyde, um, you know, various things. Um, so there really is, you know, a sweet spot when it comes to aeration and oxygenation for a good fermentation. Mm-hmm. You, you're looking at a bell curve kind of situation where um, too little is bad and too much is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my notes from that is orgy, starving, high, high, high. <laughs> okay. Did I, did I capture your, your thoughts yeah, there? Yeah. Okay. Might as well throw, you know, Munching protein in there, too. <laughs> protein munching. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, and and I think, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, home brewers and pro brewers, um, you know, they want, you know, rapid starts, rapid growth, rapid fermentation, as fast, fast, fast as possible. And, you know, I think the focus on that came from, you know, really poor fermentations and, and poor starts right. and, you know, and bad sanitation practices where, you know, the beer was contaminated, so you really needed to ferment it fast, get it off this really bad, you know, non-properly rehydrated dry yeast and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, we're still carrying a lot of that information forward. And so you get to the point where, uh, you know, Chad here at the Brewing Network, excellent brewer, really knows his stuff. And, you know, when he was starting out, you know, he was brewing these lagers, and they tasted a little paint thinner-ish, you know. And yeah, we were trying to work on it. That's the fusel effect, right. Yeah, and we are talking about, you know, what, what – he's like, you know, well, what am I doing wrong? And we went over everything, and this is, you know, the only thing that stood out to me was he was doing five minutes of, like, five liters a minute oxygen, because you can't put too much oxygen in a beer, right? And, you know, sure enough, that was the issue. And, and, and since then, I've run into others that have used too much oxygen and, you know, caused this excessive growth and this real paint-thinner kind of character. And so it's it's a real balancing act between the two. And... Um, you know, the same thing goes with, you know, these rapid starts. You, you know, if if people are, you know, pitching too much yeast, active yeast, you know, lots of oxygen, it's great to get a, a nice quick start. But it's important to know that the growth phase of the yeast is important to flavor and, you know, not too rapid, you know, not too slow. Right. You know, like you're saying, it's a bell curve. If you... If you do a rapid fermentation and the yeast drop off at the end and don't really finish up, there's a lot of, you know, byproducts that are that are created diacetyl, acetaldehyde, you know, all that stuff ends up in the beer. You you end up with, um, you know, real you know green apple buttery kind of character to the beer, right? And you know that's that's from you know being too aggressive on trying to provide the yeast with the the proper character. And when I started out. I didn't know that, you know, uh, people were, you know, the, the, it's like, oh, you have to do this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, and, you know, my obsessive personality, I'm thinking, well, you know, if if a little is is good, then, you know, more is even better, and, you know, I'd, yeah. I'd go crazy with the stuff, and, uh, you know, really, really not uh, not great. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the problems of over-pitching, you know, it took a long time to to make themselves known to homebrewers for people to understand what that's what was happening. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, lack of so, growth. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's um, you know balancing act, and then we get a lot of uh, email from folks saying, "Well, you know, then what's the correct amount? How do I you know measure it so I know?" And you know, unfortunately, unless you're willing to you know spend the money on setting up a lab and and doing all this stuff or have access to that, it's very difficult to know for sure. And what you end up having to do is do it by taste. And, you know, don't, don't uh, you know, discount that because, you know, taste is a very strong, uh, you know, analysis tool. Your, your own palate is very very strong analysis tool. So, you know, brew several batches back-to-back, try and keep everything the same, you know, except for one factor like oxygen or pitching rate. Or, you know, I did a lot of stuff with pitching rate. I did a lot of stuff with um, uh, nutrients. I did a lot of stuff with... Um, uh, you know various uh, factors in the beer, and then you know taste them side by side and see if you know what you're doing is is you know having a positive or a negative effect, and mm-hmm. uh, then you can you can get dialed in. You don't really need to know what the number is. You just need to know what your process is and control it. And I think it's really important to have you know control if if you can control the flow of oxygen or air into your word. Then the, the second measure is time. And if you can control flow and time, you have the ability to, you know, change it directly. Keep the same flow, but just change time. You know, do a minute or two minutes or, you know, 30 seconds or whatever it might be. Or if you're doing air, you know, try 5, 10, 15, whatever it might be. And, you, you know, you should notice a difference in flavor in the beer. Keep your pitching rate the same. Keep, keep the, you know, the wort the same. And, uh, you know, the fermentation vessel is the same, fermentation temperature the same, and you will see uh, changes in that beer based off of that. And you will know then, you know, the effects of oxygen levels. And you can say, you know, later on, you know, the first time you brew a beer, you'll taste it and you'll say, you know, this might be a little too much oxygen. Or, oh, you know, it's not enough oxygen. And you'll mm-hmm. you kind of get used to what, what character you achieve from under or over oxygenating a beer. So, right. so real interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the same time, you make sure that you don't change uh, your yeast uh, starter tech uh, practices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, keep that consistent because uh, you know if you make a starter this time and don't make a starter next time, but instead like add two tubes versus one tube with a starter. I mean, that's going to change how mm-hmm. those yeast. Uh, take up the oxygen right. and ferment. So it changes gonna, your pitching rate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a different beer. How many kids you have looking for juice boxes? Yeah, you know whether you put on the white cape or the black cape. Oh, speaking of which, white cape or black cape? You know, one of our sponsors is uh, AdamandEve.com. Ah, the <laughs> role playing in your yeast growth there. <laughs> I don't know about that. Honey, but, can I be the stir bar tonight? <laughs> but but fellas, are you looking fellas and ladies? Uh ladies and gentlemen, fellas and gals. Um cuz we're, you know, we got all the Bruin brothers and sisters here. Mm-hmm. Uh are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you Do won't you be able to resist. Do you imagine Jamil with a big paddle in his hand <laughs> every day? <laughs> right now. I won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. 
But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item of 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs of your choice for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so essential we can't mention on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type Jamil, J-A-M-I-L, for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, you get a free extra gift, and free shipping. So just use that offer code, J-A-M-I-L, at adamandeve.com. Their sponsor, if you can use uh, their products, check them out. It's, uh, you know, it seems to be a, a, a good upstanding company that uh, deals in uh, stuff that, uh, you know, uh, folks can enjoy like in beer, the pri- privacy of their own home. Right. And uh, if you do, check them out to support our sponsors. All right, let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll answer questions from the chat and wrap up this discussion of aeration. Back after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. (sighs) I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 brew saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes... Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. 
John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hello? Hey, Drew, it's Push. You want to do some lunch? Oh, I can. I'm reading something important. What? John, it's Push. One. Hey, this is John, and I'm busy reading right now, so please... What is going on? This is Sven. Hey, you busy? Yeah, I am. I'm reading Gordon's new book. From Brewers Publications and the only homebrewer to win the coveted National Homebrew Competition Ninkasi Award three times comes a complete look at technical, practical, and creative homebrewing. Brewing Better Beer by Gordon Strong. What sets this book apart is its insistent focus on what's important for the homebrewer. Like a great beer, it's extremely well-balanced. A mix of technical, practical, and creative advice that, if taken to heart, will make your beer a whole lot better. You'll learn Gordon's techniques and philosophy, recipes and tips to take your homebrew to the next level. Brewing Better Beer, master lessons for advanced homebrewers. Proudly available now from Brewers Publications. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. All right, we're back. We're going to wrap up the show uh, talking about aeration. Uh, a, a critical part for every brewer, uh, you know, we were, um, you know, brewing beer down at Heretic the other day. I don't want to talk too much Heretic. I want people to feel like this is an ad or something. But <laughs> It's the Heretic Show with Jamil and John. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's important. We were um, running in our work uh, with pure oxygen. And the knockout was taken much longer than anticipated. And I was telling Chris, you know, I don't want too much oxygen in there. Um, you know, we're we're doing stuff with Brett, and we're doing stuff with bacteria, and you know, too much oxygen, I think, really um, you know changes the character of a beer like that. Where you know, with Brett, you know, you start getting you know rapid growth, you get uh, more. Um, uh, more, acid. more acetic acid. You, know, you get more mm-hmm. vinegar. Um, you do get more growth uh, with bacteria and, and some of those things. Um, 
you know, it can change whether you're getting, you know, the souring you want or not. Um, you know, it really changes the level of those things. I think it's really critical. So, you know, you know, regular beer, I think it's easy enough to, uh, you know, I think there's a little more leeway. And I yeah. think with um, temperature and oxygen and things like that, um, you know, those funky beers, you know, the more I do them, the more I work with brat and bacteria, the more I realize yeah, this has got some challenges to it. You know, really, you need to you need to be focused on that, and it, it really alters the beer. I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how uh, extreme a difference that makes. Is it correct to say, Jamil, that um, a higher oxygen, faster fermentation results in a harder sour beer, not one that's not quite, uh, whereas uh, a beer that sours more slowly over time will have a softer character to it, in terms of its acidity and maybe uh, some and a little more refined flavor. Or is that just too general? Um, I think that um, that is not far from the truth. I think it's a, a, a simplification, but I think an important one. I think again, if you go too far the other way, you know things change. Yeah. But I think if you push it and you're really you know, forcing the oxygen, the souring, and things like that, temperature um, and oxygen, things like that. Then, yeah, you end up with a harsh, hard, sharp souring, and a you know a very unpleasant beer. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I really thought were the best were ones where I took a year to develop these things, and I really restricted oxygen uh, very yeah. tightly. You know, more so than they do. Um, through the large, you know, wooden fermenters at like Rodenbach and things like that, I I really you know dialed it down real tight and took a you know real slow and steady approach. Over the course of a year, I was able to make a I thought a decent beer, um, you know, within you know a few months. But given you know taking that same process and stretching it out over a year, uh, you know, I, I I thought the development was really fantastic. Yeah. Nice slow ride as opposed to right, right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I think. Uh, well, and, and what do we have in the uh, chat room, JP? We got uh, any questions from the listeners? You guys can can listen live if you're if you're listening on the archive. You can actually when we do these shows, you can go to thebrewingnetwork.com dot com and listen live and participate in the chat room and uh, get your questions answered. That's true. We do have one from Sido Runner mm-hmm. says, uh, "I'm a new to the live chat." Well. <laughs> that wasn't his question. He didn't PM me. Uh, I believe his question was, sh- uh, when you're using a carboy and you're racking into it, should you purge mm. all the headspace or all the air out with CO2 first, then rack on top of it, mm-hmm. and then aerate? Mm-hmm. Or should you just purge with oxygen first um, and then rack on top of that? Yeah, I think if you had you know, uh, bottled oxygen, again, medical or, or, or welding oxygen, it's essentially the same thing. Don't worry about it. Use mm. either one. Um, for the purposes of brewing, it's they're all pure. Um, yeah. You know, if you've got that, go ahead and flush the. You can flush the fermenter with oxygen. Um, otherwise, you can flush with CO two. the The purpose is, you know, when you. So here's another thing: when we um, uh, are working with a closed tank in pro brewing, we'll. Um, you know, sanitize the thing and then flush it with, 
you know, if you just draw in air from the outside, you're drawing in contaminated air. It's it's got dust in it. It's got yeah, especially in a, in a professional brewery where you got right. green dust everywhere. So you know that's that's kind of the thing is um, you want to make sure that uh, you know whatever's replacing the liquid when you invert that carboy and drain out the liquid, uh, what air is is being drawn back in. And really, you know, with car, if you're working with carboys, it's not that bad. Um, it'd be nice if you could go ahead and pump the water out, you know, the sanitizer out with CO2 or oxygen or nitrogen, whatever. Um, but if you have like a carboy stand and you flip the carboy up on that stand and the, the water's glugging out all over the ground and it's spreading out and knocking down any dust and it's you know kind of laying any dust on the ground down and i think that's okay you know the when it fully drains the 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 sides of the carboy still have sanitizer running down them i I think you'd be all right but uh, plus if you're using star sand you got a carboy full of star sand bubbles anyway which are (laughs) preventing you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're they're catching that bacteria and sanitizing it but it's it's a good point i think um you know i think it's a good question that he asked and ideally what you want to do is you know flush it out with a sterile gas of some kind and then you can go you can go from there all right right. kiva kid in the chat also has a question about uh oxygen meter says if he doesn't have a, a meter to measure o2 is there a practical way to eyeball the one liter per minute rate um no buy yourself a flow meter don't try and I mean you you can go ahead and visually so the trick is not to you don't even need to know that you're doing one liter a minute what you need to know is that what it looks like if you can be consistent in your application of o2 the amount of bubbles that are going into it right now i can re- reproduce that every time i brew right if you can do that then you can use a, a you know your watch and say Oh, this flow of bubbles for 30 seconds, this flow of bubbles for a minute, this flow of bubbles for two minutes, right? That's how you'll you'll accurately measure. The problem is, you know, as the pressure in the tank drops or, you know, your stone gets clogged or, you know, the word's thicker or whatever, that, that those bubbles... It's difficult to monitor the flow of bubbles. So ideally what you want to do is get yourself a little flow, flow meter. You can either get a flow meter or a flow regulator. Yeah, um, which are you know, like a little plastic tube with a little plastic bead in it that rises up. Right. And- right. You, can, you, can get either, you can get those on eBay. They, they sell them used all the time. Yeah. Is there a, a source that you guys would recommend for, for flow meters and uh, eBay? And um, O2 meters? eBay. eBay. Yeah. Any brand you should look out for, or just kind of something, <laughs> you know, whatever fits in your price range. Right, right. Okay, yeah, and they they, they sell them all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, on eBay, they'll come with an attachment for a medical oxygen tank or for a welding tank. So you can always replace the connection, but you know, if you can just find one that has the connection you need, that's that's you know, just less hassle. But um, yeah, I usually use the little Burns-O-Matic yellow oxygen tanks. Mm-hmm. Those those just those are fine. They just tend to be expensive in the long run. You can get mm-hmm. yourself a you know a welding tank, and then um, you know get yourself a used flow meter on eBay. Then you can say, okay, I'm I'm flowing at you know one liter a minute or two liters a minute or whatever it might be for you know x amount of time. Then you've got it very consistent. 
That's true. And, uh, you know, that's that's really the best way to go. And then it doesn't matter how much is in your, your beer. You'll just adjust by flavor at that point. All right. Uh, blobber, gleeby, gloopy, globby, gleeby, glob. In our chat room, our Canadian friend, quote-unquote friend, um, he says, does it matter if I pitch then aerate or aerate and then pitch? So when is it best to add the yeast, before or after you aerate, or does it really matter? Well, I think as John was mentioning, if you uh, are aerating with air and you're, you know, you've got a higher pitch rate or something like that, or you know, this high gravity beer, maybe you want to pitch first and let those oxygen absorb the the oxygen as long as they can until mm-hmm. you know you, you feel it's right. Or if you're using pure oxygen, you can oxygenate first and then pitch your yeast. Uh, what would you do, John? Um. I, I usually pitch first, uh, or I'll pitch shortly after I start filling the carboy, and uh, then, and that way, I feel that the yeast are getting exposed to sufficient oxygen for uh, you know a longer period of time. Because mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I mean, I tend to I tend to use aeration only with air pumps and air stones. Hmm. So, um, well, see now that's interesting because I've always done the opposite. I've always oxygenated first and then pitched the yeast. And I think the reason that I have is because it is possible to have a high enough level of oxygen that becomes toxic to the yeast. Yeah. So I've kind of been you know hesitant on that, but probably not not really a significant worry. Right. I guess if if you're gonna if you're trying to err on the side of caution. If you're using air, then you can pitch first. If you're using oxygen, then you should pitch second. Mm-hmm. That may be that may be a good rule of thumb, um, right. or just a, a cautious way of doing it. Okay, great. San Diego Matt, also in the chat, asks, uh, "What do you guys think about putting your stone in a piece of hard plastic tubing rather than a piece of flexible tubing, so that you can easily move the stone around while aerating?" Uh, so you can wave your wand in the wort. Yes. Where do you like to stick um, your stone? Should it be John? rigid or should it be limp? You know, with a with a limp tube, I'm always still able to swing my my stone around the bottom of the the carboy. Well, you're a professional now, right? Of yeah, you, you, you give it. You know, you can twist that yeah. twist that limp tubing around. It's in the hips. and it swings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I end up swirling the carboy anyway. Just you know, even though it is a limp tube, that way. I'm exposed uh, more work to the uh, oxygen. And, I, you know, I think it, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, as long as the stone is at the bottom of the vessel and pulling the under-oxygenated wort at the bottom to the top, that's where your gas exchange is really occurring. Mm. And, yeah. you know... I never knew that. That's, you know, don't, don't fill, the, fill a carboy up to the neck because you're going to... One of the things I do on my sours... And when I'm doing them home in the pilot batch, I will fill it up to the neck in order to limit the amount of oxygen that gets in. Mm-hmm. If I want more oxygen, I'll, I'll lower that level to give a bigger surface area and I get a lot more oxygen in. So, mm-hmm. um, how does the you know, pellicle fit into that? Pellicle still will form, but you know it's a smaller pellicle. But yeah, yeah the amount of oxygen you're going to get in is, is really limited by a small, uh, you know, a smaller surface area. So the same thing on the beer. If you have a nice wide surface area, and you know you're getting oxygen up there, you know, or air up there, you know that's that's where the exchange is happening. 
and our friend Push Eject in the chat room wants to know, since you're such a big fan of uh, Carboys, when are you going to start brewing Heretic Beer in Carboys? <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> he wants to know, now that you're pro, do you aerate? And if so, how is that different from home brewing? Oh, please. We're not going to answer that question. No, well, it's the last use, question I have. We use we use oxygen. Yeah. So, um, do you have uh, a flow meter, or I mean, how do you? Well, no. how do you guys do it? I'm trying to win some some auctions on eBay. So, you know, you guys stop <laughs> bidding. You're outbidding me on some freaking flow meters that I want. And uh, literally, I've I've got a bid in on on a set of oxygen meter flow meters, and uh, somebody outbid me. So I'm going to have to crank up my bid. Uh, I've I've lost Uh-oh. like on two sets. I'm like I need some flow meters for for the brewery because at home I've got uh, a medical regulator and it gives me the flow. But you know it, it's not going to fit on the tank that I have, and I I still need my one at home. Do you lose because uh, you don't hit the the I'm amount, cheap. or is, is that what it is, or do you right. just don't make it in time? No, so they have I, like I'm, sniping programs that you yes, go I, just the last second. I, I, I used auction sniper on this on this first one, <laughs> and it was like you know the guy had set a uh, you know the the other guy who was bidding yeah. set a much higher you know uh, proxy bid. So I'm, I'm like, well, come on, I'm paying good money for this. <laughs> you know, I want <laughs> so. So right now we're just you know blowing it in for a certain amount of time at a, at a certain pressure, but it's the wrong way to do it. You're really not controlling what you're doing, so I, I have some concerns over that. Mm. So as soon as I can get some flow meters in there, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. We're you know we're all about controlling our process there. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, check out our great sponsors, uh, especially uh, Blickman Engineering. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to play your close, your out music or not. Sure, go ahead. I was trying to do that real subtle, like. <laughs> it works. Not a problem. Um, you know, as soon as I start, like, rambling on and I cut everybody off, then go ahead and all right. dig that in there. And, and all you folks, go out and check out BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. Uh, you know he's paying for the show, so you don't have to. So, so check out all the goodies that they have. Send John a, an email; he really appreciates those, and uh, and is glad to hear from all the the fans of the show. And and he feels like uh, you know he's he's getting something for his uh, something for his bucks. And if you get a chance, check out the Brewing Network store. There's lots of goodies there. We got books, we got hats, we got shirts, we got sweat jackets. There's glassware, all sorts of stuff that you can uh, uh, spend your hard-earned dollars on. But it goes to support the Brewing Network and this show. So if you like this show, check it out. It's uh, absolutely worth it. And until then, uh, Bruce Strong. All right. What you don't know about my friend John Palmer? He once spent a summer in Spain studying bullfighting. What you don't know about my friend John Palmer? <laughs>